Blog Talk Radio. afternoon to visit us and share your energy on our episode, our show titled The Benefits of Intermittent Fasting for a Healthy Immune System will prove to be worth your while. Indeed, this is Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio, and we come on uh, on air every Sunday at 5 p.m., and of course, we were on last week with our special guest, Dr. Chris Saltball. And he will be on with us again next Sunday. That's October 9th at 5 p.m. And it's going to prove to be another exciting show, exciting episode, in which he will share his wisdom and knowledge regarding uh, naturopathic medicine modalities. Uh, he will also add to the uh, topic of today, that being, as I mentioned earlier, the benefits of intermittent fasting for a healthy immune system. I know that this is something that many of you are, are concerned with in terms of eating healthy and also the way that you eat and uh, how you eat and how much you eat. So indeed, during the uh, pandemic at his advent, uh, some going on three years ago, many of us were sheltered in place and we didn't have access to produce the way that it would normally would be accessible to us through our local supermarket and indeed even going to restaurants and fast food um, uh, uh, businesses, which uh, is something that we will discuss later. But it has prompted us to realize the importance of having food at our home, having a food pantry, and more important, uh, having uh, the food pantry stocked with healthy foods, uh, that being grains and legumes and uh other uh, items that enhance the immune system and also maintain our health. It has been found through studies that eating too often puts stress on ourselves. And we have a system that is known that removes waste and damaged particles from our cells. And it is known as the state of autoplasty. We have an autoplasty system that allows the cells to function more efficiently, which also improves the functions of our organs, tissues, and the entire immune system. The number of inflammatory molecules in our blood is directly linked to the function of our autoplasty system. Imagine that, if you will, that there is a trash, uh, a lot of trash lying around your house, and you walk through the halls and the rooms, and you pick up the trash, and you put the trash in bags, and put the bags and cans by the street, and then the garbage collector comes by and takes the garbage and they put it into a truck and haul it off to the landfill or the incinerator. Well, this is what the autoplasty system does 
within our body. The autophagy system has special cells that pick up the waste products and take them to the equivalent of the uh, incinerator or the landfill. It takes our bodies at least, uh, say on average, four to six hours to digest, metabolize, and utilize the nutrients in food before returning to the pre-meal homeostasis. This means that if you were to eat throughout the day, from when you wake up to when you go to bed, you could end up staying in a post-meal state for 18 hours each day. Then your body is focused on digesting and assimilating nutrients, not on removing toxic waste. So the garbage analogy that I shared with you earlier, the garbage can accumulate in your cells and tissues and imagine if you were to make your dinner meal doing the same, using the same pots and pans you use to make your lunch meal without cleansing them first. So yet all, most all of us do this to our bodies all the time. And this is the end of a quote. I didn't just come up with this uh, thought. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of research, and I'm going to continue to do more and more research. And as I acquire this knowledge, I will uh, be more than excited and happy to share this with you. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't share the fact that my wife, my queen, just sat next to me, uh, Dr. Dora Gray. Hi, hon. How are you? I'm great. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this evening's episode at Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio. So enjoy the show, and uh, you'll hear from me here and there later. <laughs> yes, well, it's always a pleasure to have you on with me and to share your wisdom and thoughts regarding uh, the topic of discussion. Uh, if I may share one thing also, those of you who are listening, uh, I have a disclaimer, and that is that any information that I share on this show is truly for uh, entertainment and enhancement of your knowledge, but not recommend, recommendations in terms of how you should uh, embrace uh, your health uh, modality. Uh, yes, I, I uh, must be very clear that although I'm a vegetarian, I've been a vegetarian for more than 30 years, uh, and my wife has been a vegetarian, she's now uh, not a strict vegetarian, but she, for the most part, uh, we share a vegetarian lifestyle. Um, we, we have found benefits from uh, being a vegetarian, and sometimes we're vegan, where we eat unprocessed, uncooked um, vegetables and, and fruits. And we found that to be a, a, a huge benefit. I'm 78 years of age. I'll be 79 this December 28th coming. And I feel like I'm really in my 60s, my, actually my late 50s. Um, and sometimes I'm told that I move around and speak like I'm in my 40s. Well, I thank God, I thank the Most High for that and for giving me the wisdom to consider a vegetarian lifestyle uh, in terms of my eating habits and also exercising. I'm a runner. I've, I've ran uh, many marathons, and I found that that was an anecdote for me to uh, really start improving my health. I didn't realize it back then some 40 years ago, that by running in the park and getting uh, sunshine, which gives you, produces vitamin D, and getting uh, the fresh air, the negative eons in the air in the park early in the morning at 6 and 7 o'clock in the morning had a benefit for me, and I'm um, reaping the benefits now. I'm cashing in, as it were, 
for, for those deposits that were made some 40 years ago. So I recommend also that one, not just consider your diet, but also exercise. It is recommended that you um, walk, if you can, at least a cumulative of 30 minutes per day. If you can do the whole 30 minutes at one time, that would be great. If you want to space it up in 5, 10, 20 minutes, 10, you know, you can do that as well. But a vigorous 30-minute walk, uh, pumping the heart, bringing up your, 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 uh, your, 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 your blood, if you will, going through your heart, and, and that would also assist in your body uh, getting rid of the toxins, as it were. Because as you sweat, you're getting rid of toxins. As the blood is flowing through your, your various organs, uh, your, your heart, also your kidneys and your lungs, um, there is a whole process that's happening in terms of your body dealing with uh, absorbing the nutrients and getting rid of the toxins. I'd like to add to that that if you have been sedentary for a while, before you start any type of workout routine, we know that walking, it might seem innocent, but some of us have been sedentary for quite some time, and it's best to check with a licensed medical practitioner before you begin any type of exercise routine, especially if you have a medical condition, you might be on allopathic medication, what, whatever your situation may be, you know, again, walking, it sounds innocent, but, you know, it could have um, negative consequences if you've been sedentary for a long time. Very so just point. check it out. Absolutely. You know, always check it out. Right. You know, anything that you hear on this show, you know, um, we're, not, we're not medical doctors. So just run it by your medical doctor. We talk on this show about things based on our experience. Right. And if you tuned in tonight for the first time, what I disclose um, on my husband's show, I, I, liked, I believe in the power of the story. And so I talk about my experience with diabetes. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point now where I've, I'm going to say I've almost reversed it, mm-hmm. and um, I'll talk more about that later on. But um, I believe in the power of the story because the experiences that I went through from the time that I was diagnosed with diabetes, with type 2 diabetes until now, and that was in 2009, I have learned so much. I have been through so much, and I don't want my journey with diabetes to just be in vain, which is why I'm always glad to talk about it. If you have questions that you would like to ask me, feel free to call in the show, and I'll be glad to interact with you on the show about that because it's important. Um, I'll talk with you. I'll be glad to share with you about my journey in getting off the medication you know, all those types of things, I'm willing to be an open book. Um, I wished that when I had been diagnosed and I embarked on this journey that I had had someone that could really um, talk with me and tell me their personal experiences, what they did, be able to disclose to me how they felt 
um, there were times when I was so afraid when I, when I was taking the insulin, I was taking large amounts of insulin at one point, and I was, used to be so afraid that I would inject myself before I went to bed, and I would die in my sleep. Mm-hmm. That used to be frightening to yes. me. And unless someone is in that position, too, they might understand from a textbook sort of way, but they don't really understand. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm willing to... You know, anything that I can say to someone to encourage you, if you if you have diabetes, I was also diagnosed with high blood pressure. And we know that many times those two conditions go hand in hand, and I'll talk about what I did to, to um, alleviate um, half the dosage of my high blood pressure medication. So I just, I just wanted to say that. And, uh, you know, based on my husband talking about walking and things like that, I used to jog in the park with my husband, and it was a chore for me. It was very, very difficult. And, um, but I pushed, I pushed through it, but now in retrospect, I would do it differently if I had to go back to the beginning of my journey, which, thank God, I'll never revert to that point in time. But um, I would do things differently now. I wouldn't push as hard. I would understand that part of self-care is sometimes letting go of ego and allowing yourself to heal and listen to your body. So I know I took up more time than I probably should have, but I just wanted to... I just wanted to share those thoughts because many of us who are diabetic, if you're anything like me, you're you're embarrassed, you didn't want to let anybody know that you had that condition. Um, if you are working in any type of corporate setting like I am, you definitely wouldn't want anyone at work to know because you know how corporate settings are. It can be survival of the fittest and, mm-hmm. oh, well, no, this person might get sick. Let's not give them the promotion. Let's give it to somebody else. Right. And there's all of these things that you have to deal with when you have a medical condition. And so I speak about diabetes because I'm speaking from the heart and from personal experience. But what I can share with you is um, you don't have to be diabetic to benefit from the things that I talk about. Yes. Yes, well, thank you for being so transparent. Yes. Yes, that's very important that we recognize that we all have uh, some type of condition, some knowingly and some not knowing, in terms of what we have or what someone in the family has, and that we have to be very um, uh, empathetic and also uh, humble to understand that if you don't have a, a chronic disease, that you've been blessed. And we don't want to just... Uh, count our blessings and, and uh, discount our blessings because as we get older, you know that we're prone to uh, succumb to some type of disorder or disease unless we're living a healthy lifestyle. And that's uh, what this show is attempting to address in terms of how fasting can enhance your immune system. And as most of you know, your immune system is key to you having a fully functioning uh, optimum uh, functioning body. Uh, I must interject also, for those of you who are listening, if you'd like to participate in, in today's uh, show, please dial 
516-418-5829. Again, that's 516-418-5829. And hit the one button on your phone, and that will let me know that you're raising your hand and that you would like to participate. One of the things that I'd like to cover is, uh, my wife and I talk about this often, is, uh, like she says, she works uh, during the day uh, for a, uh, a, 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 not a corporation. An undisclosed company. Right. But a company that's dealing with uh, a, a culture that is somewhat maybe similar to many of us in terms of who work nine to five, the culture of working with people um, they have their coffee and donuts, uh, and sweet pastries in the morning, and then they share that amongst themselves. And of course, intimately after, before lunch and after lunch, they have snacks and so forth. And that's not a very healthy environment. Um, I recently uh, heard a report, a red report actually, that coffee can cause high blood pressure. And that was a few months ago. And then a few weeks ago, I heard that uh, drinking up to three to cups of coffee a day can prolong your health. So what is one to do when you hear information like that? You have to listen to your body. Yes. There, when I used to drink coffee, I used to get, like, my, my left eye would twitch. Mm-hmm. And it would only happen when I drank coffee. I didn't realize it at first. Yes. I thought it was just a twitch, and eventually I place the correlation between the coffee and my eye jumping. Right. But that doesn't happen to everyone. Mm -hmm. There's also an age factor. When I was in my 30s, coffee didn't really bother me. And so I'm just saying that to kind of talk about what you say often about how the body keeps score. Yes. We have to use the best information that we have and younger people, um, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. You're not invincible <laughs> because I thought I was, yeah. Yeah. and I found out I wasn't. Your body will truly keep score. Mm-hmm. So, so learn to ingest the best food for your body now. Don't talk. Don't chalk it off saying, "Oh well." You know, I'm in my 20s. I'll eat what I want. Yes, you can. But guess what? It will come back to knock on your door later on in life and remind you, oh, remember how you used to eat pizza every day? Remember how you used to do this and and eat those, um, oh, I'll just say it, those Krispy Kreme donuts and things (laughs) like that? Because I don't want to slander anybody's business. And those donuts, they do taste good. I've had them. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying they are not good for you. So you have to learn to bypass things that are palatable, which you know are not good for the body. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what comes to my mind is the expression, uh, the two words, self-medication. Many of us, especially those of us who are young, young adults, we uh, have become accustomed to dropping at any local coffee shop, uh, and it used to be, you know, the major, uh, the Mac and the Berg and and on and on, uh, the, the one that begins with an S that serves coffee for an exorbitant amount of money, we would think nothing of dropping uh, $5 or more. 
to spend for our, our fast breakfast. And we don't realize the fact that the body, uh, the metabolism of the body changes as we get older. And as my wife was mentioning earlier, that indeed, when you're young, your body can fight off uh, any disease, uh, any bad uh, 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 product that you consume. Uh, and, but as you get older, it's, that's not the case. So you don't want to play Russian roulette uh, with your body. You don't want to gamble. You want to be proactive and get up ahead in front of it before you have to have indicators from your body that you have a problem. So, indeed, we have to be in the mindset of being preemptive, and especially going back to almost three years with the advent of the pandemic, many of us became uh, addicted to certain foods and products and, and things that allow us to uh, have a comfort and ease our stress and, 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 and uh, anxiety. So we have to be cognizant of the fact that those habits that we constantly uh, include in our daily activity can have negative ramifications. So uh, let's help each other. Let's teach each other. Reach out. Each one, reach one, teach one. Um, I'm sharing, my wife and I are sharing, sharing knowledge. And those of you who are listening, uh, if you can, you do your research and share the knowledge that you acquire because we all are in this together. We all are interdependent upon each other's well-being, each other's health. Uh, with that being said, let me not digest anymore, but get back to this, uh, this notion of uh, self-medication. Uh, we're going to cover, if not this afternoon, but the next show, which, uh, as I mentioned before earlier, that Dr. Salk's, uh, Dr. Chris Salkor would be our guest. And with him being a doctor, he would be able to uh, elaborate more in depth, dig more deeper in terms of the efficacy and the, uh, the, the validation of intermittent fasting. Um, but we know that uh, with this being the holiday period, which is uh, approaching, uh, and then, of course, during, all during the year, we have birthdays and we have uh, weddings and and uh, people visiting again during the holidays, family and friends, and those of us who go to church or any spiritual or religious institution. Always uh, food. There's always food. <laughs> always. Prevalent. Yes. You know, it's a culture. That's the culture. Yeah. Some countries, they have food as a culture, uh, such as uh, France and other countries, but they tend to eat differently than those of us from the... United States. They eat less. They eat less. <laughs> and you've heard sure. an expression. I learned this from you. I think uh, less is more. Yes, I actually. Or was it from me? I, I don't know, but that expression I use for a lot of things, not necessarily yes. eating. Right. But in this case, indeed, less. Less means the smaller your portions uh, over a period of time is more beneficial to the body. Uh, we're, uh, we've been uh, geared towards, as I mentioned, my age. Uh, I'm approaching 80, and I don't. I know when I was a young man, um, if you went to someone's home or ate at a restaurant, you had the so-called man's meal, you know, which was uh, uh, what 60 or 70 percent meat and uh, 20, 30 percent uh, of vegetables. 
You'd have an entire stack of pancakes if you went for breakfast. Yes. The, the plate was piled high with pancakes and, and then dripping with syrup and, you know, fruit or whatever else you yeah. would have on it. And and it's interesting because um, a place that I used to love to frequent, IHOP, mm-hmm. I used to love their blueberry pancakes. And the thing of it is they taste so good and, and you'll, you'll eat it all and then later – you're you're wondering why did I eat all of that? And you know, again, it's very palatable. Mm-hmm. And then you realize you could have one quarter of the amount of what you ate, and you'd have been fine. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to eat all of that. But they bring it on this platter, and it's piled up high with the whipped cream and the blueberry syrup, and then the actual blueberries. And yeah, it's so good. But you have to sometimes. Just say, no, I know that this is not good for me, not the way that it's served. And you can have alternative blueberry pancakes like what we've made before and what I'm I'm starting to make again, the whole wheat blueberry pancake with just a little bit of maple syrup and fresh blueberries and call it a day. And that tastes really good. Mm -hmm. It's not IHOP, but it tastes really good. Yeah. Yeah, we must be aware of the fact that we've been conditioned Mm-hmm. to uh, our taste buds. Uh, when we were little babies, we would taste something, and if it had too much sugar in it or salt, we would uh, push it away. But we found that, indeed, from my research, I know that many of us who eat meat, we tend to uh, cover the meat with an excessive amount of salt and other condiments, pepper, sauces, uh, tomato sauces and so forth, and these uh, products have an excessive amount of sodium. Uh, again, let me just make this point. It behooves us to always be uh, inclined to read the labels of any products that we buy. We prefer that you not buy processed foods, foods that are in jars and cans and so forth, but I know that it's very difficult to get away from that, especially if you're working nine to five, if you have a full family, and 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 also if this has been a lifestyle that you've had for many years. But that's where community and support comes in. Yes. Because you cannot do it alone. No, you can't. So part of the function of this show, everyone, is that you can be part of this community, the grassroots holistic health community, where you can write to my husband, you can email him, you can call in during the show, yes. and you can have community. You can have, you can have support. You might be able to, who knows, make a friend with someone that you can contact during the week to be a support system. That's how it works because I, I don't want anyone to have the impression that what we're talking about is easy. And, you know, again, I'll tell you little by little as you get to know me and, and hear this broadcast, you'll know that my journey through diabetes was very difficult. It wasn't something that I overcame in six months. It's, it, I have been traveling on this journey for years until I finally figured it out, developed the fortitude to, to, to get to, to, like, drastically lower the medicine, where now I'm at the point where I've stopped taking the insulin because it would bring my numbers down too low. It would make me hypoglycemic as opposed to hyper. 
So when you reach that point, you're done. You have to stop taking the medicine. It shows that your pancreas is healed to the point where it's producing enough insulin on its own. But as my husband talks more during this, um, during this hour about intermittent fasting, I'll tell you a little more. I'll tell you a little more about that journey. But you know, I keep interjecting about the diabetes because it's so widespread, and I'm sure that some of you that are listening may be dealing with it, if not personally, through a friend or a loved one. And, uh, yeah, I'll, you know, I'm glad to share the information. Great. But, yeah, intermittent fasting, everything we talked about so far this evening, it actually leads up to the, to the subject Absolutely. of intermittent fasting. Absolutely. Again, uh, those of you who are listening, if you'd like to participate in this show, feel free to call 516-418-5829. Again, that's 516-418-5829. And hit the number one button on your phone, and that will indicate to me that you're raising your hand and that you would like to participate. As I was mentioning earlier, the uh, challenge of being at work and establishing a healthy eating habit is one that many of us, millions of us throughout the country, if not indeed the world, uh, is challenged with. So one has to understand that we started certain habits which some were good and some were bad because of peer pressure. And many people, when you mention the word intermittent fasting, uh, first of all, they don't know what you mean by that. Even many of us don't even understand the word fasting. And, and someone may have a negative response. But indeed, uh, when we go to sleep at night, um, and it recommended that indeed we get at least eight hours of sleep. And my wife and I, we, we, we go to bed uh, at 9 o'clock in the evening. And that's when we go to bed. We don't go to sleep right away, but we go to bed. We, we meditate and, and, and do various things that enhance our health and our, our well-being, mind, body, and spirit. You know, our, our relationship is as not just husband and wife, but we're spiritual partners. And I emphasize that, that we're spiritual partners. And those of you who are listening, I hope that indeed that you're as fortunate as we are to have a spiritual partner. Because then you, you have, you're halfway there. Because there. if you're dealing with a materialistic relationship, uh, that then opens a, a, not a Pandora's box, but it doesn't leave much room for, uh, 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 for growth in terms of maintaining a healthy body because you have an inclination to be susceptible, as I mentioned before, peer pressure. If you're at work, there are going to be people that you're making friends with, you have a relationship with, and they're going to invite you. It's not going to the local uh, caffeine for a cup of coffee or tea, you know, or they might bring something uh, from outside and, and lay a box of donuts and what have you. And so they do that every coffee. week at my office. Yeah, I think you told me that before. Boxes of donuts, yes. boxes of pastries. Especially on Friday, I think it is. Is that the good feel day? No, just, you know, whenever. But yeah. Yeah, yeah so if you've eaten breakfast at home and now you're at work and people are saying, here, have a donut, have a cup of coffee. And you'll have one. Cause you'll have good. one. <laughs> But one has to start becoming more diligent. Uh, treating your body as if you would treat a newborn baby. 
in terms of what you feed it. Or your pet. You oh, wouldn't give your pet a donut, would you? No. Yes, yes. <laughs> Good point. I, I, I like that. People take more uh, care uh, of their pet than they do of their own body, as it were. And it's, it should be a, a, a even uh, share of your energy and concern. You take care of your pet, feed it the way that it should be fed, and you feed yourself and take care of yourself. Yourself first, actually, because if, you, if you're not taking care of yourself, uh, you probably do not need to have a pet. Uh, you might want to reconsider that, <laughs> you know, but indeed, having a pet is a responsibility. A big one. It's like having a child. Exactly. Exactly. It's like raising a child. And also with the expense, with the economy being the way it is, uh, my wife just shared with me, she found out that uh, many people do not have insurance for their, for their pets. Yes. And they find themselves when the pet gets sick and they have the love for the pet, uh, now they're challenged with going to a veterinarian and finding out that they have to spend an exorbitant amount of money to uh, get that pet well. Yeah. You know, so the same thing with us. Those of us who are fortunate enough to have a job that provides health insurance, you know, if you have Medicare or Medicaid, uh, then indeed you have some uh, window of, of assistance, but uh, as we get older, we find out that health is uh, very important, not just in terms of your well-being, but also so that you don't have to succumb to having to use uh, or go to an allopathic doctor or even a naturopathic doctor. And if you don't have health insurance, that even complicates the situation and exacerbates your stress. Uh, so just a thought in that area, and we will cover that again in a future show. Um, the, the fact that as I go back to the subject of work, uh, we feel the need to have lunch, when in some cases it's like having dinner. Uh, many of us have a lunch piled up with food, and the body is saying, my God, uh, from my experience, we're going to do this again in another five or six hours. You know, and again, if you're young, you're able to do that. But if you're working at a job, and of course, especially if you're sitting down and sedentary and not moving around, you know, you're not a construction worker or, or moving and walking on your feet in a hospital or somewhere that requires you to move back and forth, um, your body is going to be keeping score. You're going to develop a, a, a tummy. Uh, you're going to develop... Uh, uh, other conditions or organs in your body are going to be very, very sluggish. And, and, and before you know it, here comes some type of uh, disease, a dis-ease, as it were. And, of course, uh, self-medicating is something that one has to use your, your, uh, your, 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 your uh, insight in terms of how do you treat yourself. Uh, sometimes going to the doctor, well, let me just say this. You have to learn how to become your best doctor. And I say that with a disclaimer that I'm not a doctor. My wife is not a doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. We're not a medical doctor. She's a doctor. Right? She, she is a doctor. She has a Ph.D. And uh, the, the fact, though, is that we, we have to be cognizant of the fact that, that we have the capacity to heal our bodies. And we are the first one who is capable of making... A, a, uh, a, 
a primary diagnosis of our health condition. You know, some of us tend to uh, disavow or ignore certain indicators that our body gives to us, but uh, no, we need to take heed. Uh, and also, when we do, uh, understand that there are alternatives. Uh, there's herbology. Once you, if you don't have a book in your home, you should get a book on herbology. You should get a book on uh, vegetarianism, on veganism. Uh, get a book on on uh, uh, on yoga and other health modalities. Uh, I practice Tai Chi, Qigong Tai Chi, and uh, I've practiced various other martial arts, and I found that to be beneficial. Uh, indeed, the body, uh, by stretching in terms of practicing yoga, you're able to uh, keep your limbs uh, 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 healthy and, and resilient and flexible. And uh, again, there's one other word which comes to my mind, inflammation. There's a school of thought that claims that inflammation is the cause of most diseases. And my wife and I have discussed that constantly uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, many of us notice that we have neighbors in our community and we have been in, in, in this, in our home, we've been living here for over 20 years and we've known people going back 20 years, at least 15 years. Uh, and some people, when we met, they were very robust, very brisk in their walking. And, and, uh, and now those same people are lethargic and uh, some of them are using walkers and canes. Again, uh, that's not my wife. She's a lot younger than I am. But don't forget, but, I was using a cane for about three years ah, when yes. I was really sick. Yes, that's why I, you know, that's why I don't mind disclosing these things to the listening audience because they they need to know. Yeah, yeah. Regular people can get sick. I did, mm -hmm. but the good news is you can get well. If I had listened to the medical doctors. I'd probably be using a walker or worse, maybe a wheelchair mm -hmm. Yeah. if I had listened to them. And I'm not saying don't respect your doctor, but you have to realize that they're trained in a specific way. They're not trained holistically, mind, body, spirit. They're trained to diagnose a condition give you allopathic medication to mask the symptoms, not to cure the problem, but to mask yeah. the symptoms right. to keep you alive, but not to cure you. Mm -hmm. And to do surgery whenever possible, because yeah. that's how the surgeons stay in business. If they didn't have anybody to cut open, they'd be out of business. Absolutely. So they're trained in that mindset. Now, nothing wrong with it, because when I first... Um, had my diabetes crisis because I didn't know that I was diabetic, had I not used the medication they gave me, I probably would have died. Right. I'm clear about that. I have much respect for the medication. But all I'm saying, everyone, is that it's not supposed to be a life sentence. Exactly. It's supposed to be a temporary fix. You're supposed to get well, mm -hmm. but that's not stress by the medical condition. They talk about managing your condition. They talk about managed care. 
They don't talk about curing you so that they could tip their hat to you and say, have a nice life, goodbye. No, the idea is for you to keep coming back to them and keep feeding the system. What we talk about here is total health beginning with how you think about yourself, how you think about your condition, what's the self-talk that you use on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Do you buy into the, I'll never get sick, I wish I didn't have this condition, I wish that, I hate this condition, I hate sticking myself with insulin needles. What is your self-talk? Because the antithesis to that is, I know that I'm healed. Hmm. I know that my body's getting better every day. Mm -hmm. And if anyone tries to make me think otherwise, I'm not going to argue with them because that's counterproductive and I won't allow them to waste my energy. But deep down inside, I know that that same source energy, no matter what you want to call it, you might want to give it a religious name. You, want to, you might want to give it a name out of nature. You might not want to name it at all. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Whatever you believe in, because you know that there's something other than you that allows you to breathe every day. Absolutely. And so when you acknowledge that and you connect with that source, call it what you need to, because it's not about nomenclature. It's about you getting your healing. So call it whatever you need to. But when you can connect with that source, that source, will then amplify mm-hmm. and allow your body to heal the same way it allows your body to heal if you happen to have cut your finger while you were cooking. And it will heal. And yes, you would want to put peroxide on it or something so that you won't get you know, in- infected, but I'm just saying it's that same energy that could heal a cut on your finger that could heal that cancer, Mm -hmm. that could heal that diabetes, that could heal that fibromyalgia, that could heal that Crohn's disease, that could heal that Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and make you stop shaking and make your mind work the way that it used to, that can heal that Parkinson's disease. But we don't hear that enough. And so we go on with what the doctor says. Guess what? The doctor told me that diabetes is a progressive disease. Yes. And I was thinking, thank you very much. I don't believe you. And um, I've, my numbers are in the normal range, and I've stopped using insulin. That doesn't sound very progressive to me, does it to you? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just saying we have to change our self-talk. You might have to change some of the, not change the people, but change being around some people that you're normally around if they don't support your well-being. Yes, absolutely. I'm so happy you said that, hon. Yes. Get those stressors out of your life. Right. Don't be addicted to toxic relationships. Yes. People around you are toxic, then you need to reevaluate the the worthiness of that relationship. Love them from a distance. Love them from a distance. Yeah. Have intermittent fasting. From that relationship, you know. Well, we want to talk about the intermittent fasting. Yes. Well, like I said before, we're going to be covering this again next week. 
uh, with Dr. Chris Saltball. But just to go back to uh, the, uh, the piece in terms of the habits of eating, we're going to cover at the next episode the nightlife, dating, uh, those of us who are entertainers like musicians, those of us who uh, look at sports events on TV or visit the stadiums and look at them live, those of us who drink alcohol and use other drugs, those of us who self-medicate from all the above. I know that the pandemic has allowed, in terms of the nightlife, people have become more uh, able to be at home alone and spend time with their family. Or if they are dealing with friends, they communicate via uh, the Internet and various platforms. And dating is included with that. Uh, many musicians were able to share uh, their music via uh, Zoom and other uh, social media. Uh, along with sports, we now uh, do not have the need, and most of us cannot afford to go to sports events uh, and pay the uh, the tickets, uh, the exorbitant amount of money that's needed for tickets. So that will be covered. But getting back to intermittent fasting, uh, to reiterate, intermittent fasting increases the rate of autophagy, that's cell recycling, and therefore decreases the amount of inflammation in the body. This is stated by Dr. Jamal Yudin. He's a co-author of this study. And this, in turn, tells the immune system more efficiently to spend its resources fighting off illnesses. Basically, in a nutshell, the extended calorie drought that you get from intermittent fasting prompts your body to look for a refuel by converting damaged cells into nutrients, which reduces inflammation caused by those cells. So that says a lot. Uh, indeed, as we allow the body to rest by not impacting it with, uh, with food and other uh, things that we consume, the body is able to uh, get triggered. And that time frame triggers this calorie-restricted signal to the body. And there's an early analysis uh, from New England Journal of Medicine that found that fitting meals into six or eight hour windows, say from an example noon to 6 p.m. or 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. is beneficial in reducing inflammation compared with the typical day of eating, but a 12 hour window is less so. But do you reap some benefits without being at the more restrictive end? This is stated by uh, uh, nurse Maurice Spando. She's a sports dietitian, and she states that short-term studies using time-restricted eating where food is restricted to 13-hour windows or less, like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., show that it can help decrease inflammation. And as I stated before, I recommend that you look up, do your research in the word inflammation, and by some schools of thought, they state that most illnesses are, uh, inflammation is a precursor to most illnesses. Now, if you're looking to shrink your eating windows, uh, it is suggested that you do so gradually, and that is to accumulate with fewer hunger bank pains. If a six or eight hour eating period is your aim, uh, it is recommended that making your meals nutrient dense and eating a meal at the start of your window in the middle and at the end.
protein is best spaced out every three or five hours of maximum, uh, should I say for maximum muscle maintenance and gain. And also to keep up the exercise. When your body adjusts to spending more of its energy on physical activity and exercise, one of the ways it does that, it does that is by reducing energy spent on inflammation. So again, uh, we're about to end the show within about another 15 minutes. Any of you who have been listening in, you can call in at 516-418-5829. Now, I also would like to bring to you, uh, as we get towards the end of this uh, episode, that the well-being of the entire family must be considered when discussing grassroots holistic health. I realize that there are many single-parent households resulting in limited time to engage with their children, and it's important to create space for both fun and educational pursuits with our children and youth. Reading to and with our children has become a lost art, and in some cases being replaced by technology. And as a part of the solution, my wife has written a children's book titled A Stringy Situation. That's a stringy situation, which is both educational and entertaining, and is available on Amazon. That's Amazon.com. Children and adults profess to love this fantasy tale, which was designed to spark an interest in children to learn to play a musical instrument. So once you purchase a copy on Amazon and see for yourself, you can also gift a copy to a friend or loved one, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Uh, we also have a site, which is Gray Publishers, that's with an S, G-R-A-Y Publishers.com. And there you can experience uh, the, uh, uh, how my wife, Dr. Gray, Dora Gray, got started as an author, uh, being a former teacher. And uh, there's a lot of uh, good uh, tidbits in this, on the site and information regarding how uh, great publishers is being proactive in providing reading material for the whole family. I would also state that uh, I have a, a website, drumsofchange.com, and at that site you'll be able to purchase a drum and other instruments. And I have an income opportunity at the top of the page, and those of you who would like to supplement your income, uh, and, and, and we have various bonuses, and like Kentacloth from Africa, and various instruments, including djembe drums and health products. Uh, I would be very much interested in getting your feedback. And my website is, I'm sorry, my email address is barbawesleygray at gmail.com. That's B-A-B-A-Wesley, W-E-S-L-E-Y, G-R-A-Y at gmail.com. Is there anything you'd like to share, honey? No, I just appreciate everyone tuning in and taking your time on a Sunday afternoon to be in community regarding health, mind, body, and spirit. It's so important Um, in these times where life can seem so discouraging. It can be – I'm not saying to – not pay attention to reality, but what I am suggesting is that many people's health suffer 
because they constantly watch the news and they internalize everything they're seeing and they're walking around in a state of fear. Yeah. And you don't have to do that. You know, again, it's about reprogramming your mind and uh, those are ongoing discussions because that's not something that most people, because I'll never say never, I'll never say something's impossible, but most people are not able to reprogram their mind overnight. Uh, and when you're trying to reprogram your mind to a new way of thinking so that you have new experiences in your lives, um, the suggestion, and this is scientifically based, um, scientists always suggest if you're going to use affirmations, positive affirmations, which we can talk about at another time or you can email for more information um, because we usually, scientists also say, we usually flood ourselves with 70 to 90% negative affirmations all the time, and we don't realize it because that's the way we were programmed. So whatever modality you might want to use to reprogram your mind, whether it's hypnosis, affirmation, prayer. meditation, prayer, it's usually suggested Give it 30 days, 30 consecutive days. If you miss a day, start over again. And there's a reason for that because anything that you do for 30 consecutive days becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. So, again, I point you back to being a part of a community of people who want to believe in having a better life for yourselves and your children and your loved ones and not only want to believe it, belief is powerful, but you also have to take action. And you make it actionable by committing to doing something for 30 consecutive days. And when you see things happening, both subtly and overtly in your lives, you'll know that what we're talking about is not conjecture. It's scientifically backed, and then you'll be glad to keep doing it because those, those are your results. Things are happening. Yes, indeed, I say. Well, we end, as always, by giving praise to the Most High God by the names that we all know him or her by. We give praise to our ancestors, our guardians and deities and angels, and all the heavenly spiritual energies. And uh, I, again, appreciate you tuning in this afternoon uh, with us. And we will be back next Sunday at 5 o'clock. Uh, and we will be having our, our guests for the second uh, time within the last week, Dr. Chris Saltpaw. And he's going to elaborate and really share his wisdom regarding um, intermittent fasting and its benefits and other um, uh, interesting topics related to the health of our bodies. So again, thank you for tuning in to Grassroots Holistic Health. I'm your host, Barbara Wesley Gray, and I say peace and blessings, hotep, namaste, and love. Talk to you, uh, talk to you next week. Bye-bye.